to the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with me, David Oram. I've been away on holiday back in the UK for uh, oh, it's almost a month, and uh, got plenty to catch up on, on the uh, West Indies cricket front, so I am thrilled, delighted, to be back in harness with my very dear friend, Joseph Reds Pereira. Uh, Reds, how are you? Well, um, unlike you, I wasn't on holiday, I was working pretty hard, I had... Um, <laughs> An assignment in Guyana with the Guyana Football Federation. I've been helping the Basketball Federation because they're hosting next week the Junior Caribbean Male and Female uh, Basketball Championships. And I'm working away on my mobilization drive for the third test between West Indies and India Mm. when they play here on August the 9th so that we can have good crowds turning up. It's a start and a choose. It's not the easiest sell, but I've been t- trying to think out of the box and meeting all kinds of organizations. Hmm. And I even got a golf tournament, pre-test tournament in golf on the 7th, where you'll hear more about it later. Yeah, well, well, best of luck with uh, all of those endeavours. We hope, uh, we hope, of course, that it's a great success out there in St Lucia. Uh, we'll come on and mention the, the, the India series uh shortly. Uh, we do have a lot to catch up on, but we're, we're going to keep it to our usual uh, 30 minutes. It has been a very busy time, uh, not just for you, but, it, but in the world. <laughs> Seismic things happening in the UK. I wonder how many people uh, reading their uh, newspapers in the Caribbean and uh, saw the headline, uh, Cameron resigns, uh, wondered whether the uh, president of the West Indies Cricket Board uh, has gone. But no, no, it's the uh, British Prime Minister who's going to be standing down after the, the Brexit vote in the UK. It's great to be able to talk about cricket for a change, Reds, rather than politics, as as an Englishman. And uh, some relative success for the West Indies. They've got a final today. We're recording ahead of that final with Australia in the Tri-Series. Uh, I will review the series from a West Indies angle ourselves uh, a week from now, and I'm going to do a podcast in the next day or so to review the tournament also from the international view with uh, Cat Jones from uh, from Australia. But just, what, what have your thoughts been on the series as a, as a whole, Reds. Has, has it been a success? Well, I don't believe that the crowds have been all that good. Um, maybe uh, matches being played, you know, during the week and maybe a little lack of promotion uh, uh, by the West Indies board. Conditions were tough for the batsmen in Guyana, I think more so um, in St. Kitts. Bowlers nightmare, really, in that short run. Hmm. But I think um, just from what We've seen in Barbados so far a lot more even, a lot more um, good carry to the keeper, shot making, fast bowlers can bowl really quick. Um, but from a West Indies point of view, you've got to ask yourself, what have we learned for the future? Yeah. What have we learned from this in terms of the positive things in building a team? I mean, England is going to come here next year 
David, as you know. Mm. But this seemed to be a fairly aging side uh, with men, you know, in, in, in their mid-30s. I uh, uh, don't believe that we have found uh, the best opening pair possible and adjustments will have to be made um, mm. by the Corky Brown now selection committee. And, of course, I'm jumping the gun a little there on you and I'll mm. stop there <laughs> because uh, I think we've got to find... Uh, a, maybe a more consistent opening pair at, at the top of the order. Um, we just have to wait and see um, what uh, will happen. Um, I must comment that Gabriel did bowl extremely well against South Africa. Yeah. Um, so th- that's encouraging. Maybe uh, the pitch certainly helped him, but his head wasn't falling away. He kept the line going. Only bowled five overs, which surprised me. I don't know if he was kept back from other reasons hmm. uh, um, but that that's my take on uh, the ODIs and South Africa um, lots of questions will be asked um, by the selectors to the coach to the captain to the manager what went wrong yeah yeah no absolutely I think uh, it's it's encouraging from a Caribbean point of view that there's somebody else uh, <laughs> with, with a bigger crisis of their cricket than uh, than, than the West Indies as you said there, Courtney Brown's taking over as uh, chairman of selectors, effective immediately. Um, that was one of the other biggest pieces of news uh, in, in the recent, uh, well, certainly since you and I last spoke, Reds. Um, Clive Lloyd's going to stand down. He's going to continue as um, on the, uh, the selection committee until he takes on an ambassador, ambassadorial role uh, at the end of September, beginning of October. And in effect, the uh, press release says that there will be basically two chairman of selectors in the interim period because Clive Lloyd's staying on in that capacity, but Courtney Brown is chairman of selectors. I'm sure they'll work it out amongst themselves, won't they, Reds? Yes, it's a little confusing. Um, one will have to see what is the policy um, that Courtney Brown will implement. Will he go back to the policy of Lloyd? Um, we, we just have to wait and see um, what will emerge. I know that just reading from uh, the period then, himself and Phil Simmons didn't have maybe the closest relationship when um, Phil Simmons simply stated that there was interference with picking the team. I don't know um, what's the relationship now, uh, but it's important if they're going to work together, chairman of selectors and captain, uh, that uh, any bad blood, any wounds uh, be, be, be be totally um, healed. I think the press might have been a little hard on Clive Lloyd because a lot of the headlines was Lloyd fired. Mm. Basically, David, it was the end of his contract. Yeah. And um, if a board doesn't renew a man's contract, it simply that simply should be told. Um, if you get fired in the middle of a contract, yes, you get fired. Um, but um, headlines sell newspapers. <laughs> headlines and television and radio grabs listeners and viewers. So um, for those who want to say Lloyd fired, well, that, that, that was their prerogative. But I think it was the end of his tenure, mm. and I think the board wanted uh, to move on. Yeah. Well, uh, um, 
recently as well, since we last spoke, uh, Michael Muirhead was at pains to say similar to what you've just expressed there about uh, Kurtley Ambrose going as uh, the, the the bowling coach that he wasn't fired. It was the end of his contract, and they decided to look elsewhere. Uh, at the end of the day, I think um, I agree with you. You're fired if it's mid contract, but it's the end of tenure, and and let's not debate uh, semantics. Interesting reactions around to Courtney Brown. Uh, one wonders that he's not the most popular figure with some players. On Twitter, um, the rea- immediate reaction when he heard from Darren Sammy was, Oh Lord. Well, you know, I, I think that is an unfortunate modern trend uh, that, uh, you know, that players are um, of the, the right now to, to comment on, on, on all sorts of things. Um, hmm. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, Darren Sammy a former captain himself who was under a little bit of pressure himself when he was made captain and had to really work very hard um, to, you know, earn the respect of Garmic people, which he did, might have uh, decided, you know, to leave that alone outside the line of the off stump. Yeah. Overall, you know, you people must um, not remember Courtney Brown as a player because they got to remember dropping Steve War <laughs> at Sabina Park, getting 200 after that. They can remember him dropping, I think, Sachin Tendulkar, um, very simple lob catch to forward square leg. What he did as a player has nothing to do with him being a selector. Uh, we wait to see. He might turn out to be a very creative thinking out of the box, um, inspiring um, selections. L- let's wait and see. Um, yeah. But uh, I think really and truly it's, it's, it's sad that, um, you know, social media allows um, all sorts of comments which really are unfair. And in many cases, the individual can't really defend themselves because it will only continue it further. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, we both uh, wish Courtney Brown the best of success. I hope he's a successful uh, in you, you mentioned his time as a player. Uh, I hope he's as successful as chairman of selectors as he was in the 2004 um, Champions Trophy final when he uh, took that game away from England. Uh, elsewhere, a couple of other appointments to, uh, to, to flag up. Uh, interestingly, Ricardo Powell has been made head of the uh, uh, selection panel in the USA. Wish him well on that. And uh, I read a report, Reds, that uh, Robert Samuels is replacing uh, Junior Bennett as Jamaica's coach. Yes, well, Junior had a good long run. He can't complain. Um, I think basically over the years, it is the Jamaica bowling which has done a lot of work for Jamaica. Uh, and if anything, Junior and others have been maybe disappointed by the Jamaican batting overall. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, you know, a coach for no fault of himself um, faces the, a a shelf life situation and the Jamaican board obviously feels well um, you know um, there need to be a new face there need to be um, new thoughts and, and a new direction I, I will think uh, that Robert Samuels would have learnt um, from the whole experience of Junior Bennett and he has now got to move on in a different direction try to motivate people lift it standards and work as a team with the right selection. 
No, absolutely. Well, he's going to have every chance for for that uh, Junior Bennett because uh, he's going to be chairman of selectors and he's going to be still the technical director uh, for the youth program. Uh, he's had great success there in in, in Jamaica, but the, yes, there's a, a time to move on. Um, sticking with the, the the regional game, Reds. Uh, one of the other big things that has happened uh, since you and I last chatted was we had the. Uh, the draft for the regional four-day competition. Um, were you disappointed by the, um, I've got to use the word, the insularity again? Yes, I was disappointed. And I think uh, that you've got to point your fingers to the West Indies board. I think by now, after well a couple of seasons, we should be asking the various franchise for um, a limit at least to three players um, coming from across border, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think the the franchise, um, you know, who want to, of course, naturally to concentrate on their own homegrown players, um, was be happy with sticking to two. But if you was to really uh, push on with the original concept, by now we should be looking uh, to see um, each franchise with three quote unquote overseas players, if you want to um, describe it that way. And I, I think I was disappointed. That way, because there are some talented people who will not even make their own side and will not be available to any other side. Uh, there are some spin bowlers who will watch on, depending on the surfaces uh, they're playing on. There are some fast bowlers who might play uh, no. for, 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 for different reasons, and they can't get in. The surface is not good. Um, I would think it would be nice for each franchise to have the availability of an, another player. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's some interesting selections, or even non-selections, uh, around uh, Dion Ryan's moved on again, uh, Sheldon Cottrell's moved. Um, no place anywhere for Kirk Edwards, Reds. Yes, the, the thing about Dion Ryan, I think that Gus Logie was quite um, happy with it where he performed. He bought some, um, you know... Stability in the middle order, he bowled some useful spells. But, um, you know, his name came up and another franchise went for, went for, for him. Uh, the, the same with Cottrell. I think Jamaica would have liked to have Cottrell. But, you know, it just depends on what is uh, the um, lineup in terms of when you get your chance to pick. Uh, when you finish well last year, um, you, you, you pick last. And someone who didn't do all that well uh, um, last year got an early pick. I think Kirk Edwards really needs to examine his 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 whole future in in a holistic way, yeah. and he, he needs to seek help from from someone who 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 can help him. Um, it's it's not an easy time. I think he had to have a maybe a change, a mindset change, a, a positive change. Um, You've got to go back to Wanderers and, and maybe just get runs. Yeah. And, you know, if you get runs at that level, you will eventually make your way somewhere. Make your way somewhere. But, but um, he, he was hoping that Jamaica might have given them one more chance. Yeah. Well, as a Wanderers man myself, I hope he goes back there and scores stacks of runs. I hope he can tap back into the talent that he has. And we see it back at uh, at least the regional level. Um, on the immediate horizon, Reds, we've got the CPL... Uh, getting underway, uh, still not knowing where the final's going to be. No, no, still... Well, uh, Pete Russell, the CEO of CPL, was here. 
Um, he was there the day when um, Mike Hussey was interviewed uh, by the press, right. and um, it's still not decided then. I don't think it's decided yet as we talk, but it looks from all reports that it's heading to Trinidad. At what cost to the Trinidad government, I do not know. Hmm. But on the question of CPL, um, a lot of um, the franchise will have to wait until they get to Port of Spain to start working maybe um, sometime on Tuesday. Because, you know, in the case of the, the case of the Zooks, they are missing five players. Mm. Darren Sammy is in England. Um, Ramden, Charles and Fletcher is with uh, the West Indies team. Elliot is on his way from South Africa. And Markle is just about packing his bag to come from Barbados. And he wouldn't come to St. Lucia. I think all the players who are not here yet will head to Trinidad. Um, Rajapo was saying that his captain, Guptil, will arrive in St. Kitts. Zampa will leave Barbados and go to St. Kitts. So I think it'll take a, a little bit of time before these um, franchises really get to know each other, settle down into a, a competitive uh, combination and start playing well. The Zooks will be up against it. Andy Roberts was saying uh, yesterday when I spoke with him a very tough, very tough first draw. The Zooks playing um, the Trinidad Knight Riders, and uh, that game has been sold out. I understand totally. Yeah. In fact, all four games in Trinidad, I'm told, have been, have been sold out. <laughs> but no announcement yet in the final. But the story on the ground is going to Trinidad. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. I did also read reports that some kits were. Uh... Uh, considering uh, bidding for it. Uh, personally, I agree with those uh, uh, who've said that they'd like to see the, the final certainly stay in the Caribbean um, uh, rather than uh, go to, to, to America. We shall see, we shall see. Um, still Sticking with the CPL, though, uh, interesting report that I read um, in, uh, in, in, in one publication uh, called Holding Willie uh, Cricket Website, um, they believe that uh, Dr. VJ Malaya uh, is set to sell his stake in uh, the, the Barbados Tridents and uh, potentially be bought by, um, uh, by Nita Amari, uh, who owns the uh, Mumbai Indians. Uh, all speculation at the moment, but um, th- that's, that's a story that's out there. But uh, things may be on the move there. Uh, also, sticking with the Tridents, I hope that um, they're going to sort the uh, floodlight problem out there, Reds. Uh, I read that uh, with the, the games in the Tri-Series, that the floodlights are missing up to 50 bulbs. Uh, I have read this morning that the minister in Barbados, Stephen Lashley, has promised that this will be resolved for the CPL. It's, it's a bit, bit silly, though, isn't it, Reds? Yes, I think, um, you know, there must be some management committee um, in charge of um, the Kensington and what needs to be done. And that's um, a fairly minor, that's a very minor expense. Mm. And... You know, they they all don't you know blow in one night. They all don't go bad in one night. It had to be you know uh, uh, something which was happening. You know, one goes, the other one goes. Um, but um, you know, they certainly will have to get it right for the CPL. Just in the question of franchise, one of the things that Pete Russell said, uh, the CEO of CPL, is that there's great interest on the unsold Zooks. He said that there mm. is, in fact, an organization of, quote-unquote, individuals who have indicated 
interest in buying the zooks, mm. which will be great for the zooks. It will bring about um, a lot of uh, stability, and uh, I think it will um, bring some useful money into the CPL uh, coffers. Uh, he was very tight-lipped. He said no, he couldn't indicate, uh, Pete Russell, where the interest is coming from. There was questions to him. Well, give us a little indication. <laughs> is it um, Asia? Is it... Um, uh, India yeah. said, no, can't give anything away. And uh, we all wait for the announcement. But it looks like there's a buyer potentially for the Zooks in, in, in days to come. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, that would be good. And uh, good good for St. Lucia as well. As you said earlier, uh, you're heavily involved yourself in the promotion for the uh, test match there, the, the, the India in the Indian Test Series, uh, the third test, I think that's right. And uh, are, are things progressing well on that front, Reds? Yes, um, I had to wait, uh, of course, until the Jazz Festival was finished. And then, of course, you had the general elections and, you know, things like uh, sport and promotion of a test match had to be put on, on the back burner because people had um, their own interests. But um, a lot of the groundwork is being done now, mm. which will be announced um, in, in July and onwards. Um, just for example, I spoke to the uh, two school universities here that have uh, about 150 Indian students. And uh, I'm getting promises that they will come and they will watch the test match. Uh, they will even bring the Indian flags, maybe. I'm talking to Rotary Lions. I'm talking to the owners of big business. I'm hoping to get the secondary school finalists there, hoping for a 50-member Digicel Posse. But a lot more work to be done. Um, a golf tournament on the 7th to uh, mark the test match here, which will be St. Lucia's the 5th. Uh, it is the, the Darren Sammy Cricket Stadium, and you know the eyes of the world will be in, and it will be good if we have... Reasonably good crowds, David. The start, starting on a Tuesday is not an easy sell. Yeah. But if you're going to have good crowds as the game develops, it finishes on a Saturday, so you don't have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, big um, normal court puller. Uh, we just have to wait and see if people being sensitized through their organizations, and uh, you know we got to keep our fingers crossed. But at least every effort is being made to let the public know that, that this is, is happening. Yeah, no, well, very best of luck with that. Um, you mentioned the Darren Sammy Stadium there. Uh, further afield in Antigua, uh, news that the uh, West Indies Cricket Board and the Antiguan government uh, are hoping to buy the uh, Alan Stanford's old stadium, Reds. Yes, uh, I've done matches there. It's a lovely um, little stadium near the airport. Lovely facilities in general for broadcasting. Mm. Um, and, you know, it had a restaurant which was, you know, the top of the line, the Sticky Wicket. And it, it carries all the, the, the greats of the past um, for the, the Hall of Famers that, that, that are still there. Um, so it would be a good acquisition, lovely ground. Um, I'm not too sure what state of is it. It used to be totally cricket but now it might in fact um, include other discipline but it's been standing there for a long while the restaurant was used for a long while but that I don't believe is in use well as I heard 
but I'm here hoping that the deal comes through. Yeah, I, I was actually there myself a couple of years ago um, when uh, England toured there with uh, for One Day Internationals and had a little look round the island and um, looked at the disused cricket stadiums and uh, yeah great potential there but it was sorry to see it um, in such a state funnily enough I was there at the same time that the uh, renowned excellent uh, cricket photographer Philip Brown was there and he was taking a lot of photographs of, of the ground and uh, its state of disuse it would be great to see it being used again uh, potentially for 2020 tournaments ODIs things like that um, yeah, and David, that facility also includes uh, a very nice swimming pool. Um, yeah. So it, it, it is, in fact, very encumbering. Yeah, yeah. well, again, let's hope that uh, that, that comes off and best of luck with that um, with that endeavour. A couple of bits of housekeeping, Reds, just before we sort of like uh, uh, wind up. Uh, just want to flag up that uh, the West Indies uh, tour of Pakistan, uh, well, away against Pakistan in the United Arab Emirates uh, later this year. They've adjusted it. It's going to be three tests, three one-day internationals and three 2020s now, rather than the two tests and five ODIs. They had much better balance. I, I'm sure we both agree on that. Um, England, as you flagged up, are coming to the West Indies again for some uh, one-dayers uh, next year. And just want to also say congratulations to... Trinidad and Tobago's under-19 women's team that yesterday won uh, won that tournament. Yes, I think it's a good start to further develop the women's game in in, in the Caribbean. And by exposing these under-19 ladies, uh, um, they will develop with it with, with the right attention. And the standard in 2017 looks very very bright indeed. I thought Hilly Matthews might have dominated it totally. Mm. Uh, she started off with a brilliant score, but she didn't uh, quite maybe achieve the kind of success I thought she might have had because of her, her talent and her experience. Um, but let us again say congratulations uh, to TNT. And a lot more young people got some idea of, of, of how this game is played. And I think this, the national team in 2017 will be a wee bit stronger. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for the last five minutes, Reds, uh, I just want us to uh, talk and uh, uh, consider uh, probably two of the greatest sporting icons of the 20th century and um, how they overlap. Um, it's been announced that uh, with Sir Garfield Sobers, he's having his 80th birthday coming up soon. There's going to be a, a tournament or a cricket match uh, and uh, events to, to celebrate that. It also coincides with Barbados' uh, celebrations of 50 years of um, independence. And it's 50 years, almost to the day, since Sobers, uh, with his uh, cousin, David Holford, uh, put on that uh, amazing rescue act against England at Lords, which was the same test match in which Sobers and the West Indies met Muhammad Ali, who died recently. And, um, in fact, Sobers was at Lords himself recently, as was I, uh, for the England-Sri Lanka Test match. And he rung the bell and made comment of uh, meeting uh, the legend Ali 50 years ago, who was in London to fight uh, Henry Cooper. Um, it just seems to me some, uh, some synergy there um, with those, those figures. And this is a cricket podcast, Reds, but it's... It's a sporting podcast as well, and I know you're a man who really knows his boxing as well as anything. I just want um, your your thoughts back to 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 Ali and Sobers. Well, that picture of 
Ali being in the West Indies camp, I don't think he was then. Um, maybe, yes, I think he was Ali then. I think um, the, the switch was made to the, na the name he adopted. Yeah. That picture has gone all over the world then and is even more popular in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, two real outstanding, two real outstanding uh, personalities. I mean, Ali was probably the greatest heavyweight ever. People will talk about like, I know, Joe Lewis, um, but uh, Ali was so quick, uh, very modern, uh, footwork great, and had the great ability of punching, backing away. Not mm. many, not many boxers, um, you know, over the years have had that ability. But he also stood for so many good things. He refused to go to Vietnam on principle. Um, he, he, you know, on principle, true way, we, we are told, I, I didn't see it happen, true way is gold medal because of, you know, you can win a gold medal for the USA, but you can't go in and buy a hamburger in certain restaurants. Uh, he stood for principle and uh, certainly um, was motivating uh, to millions of millions of people. And uh, he was classic. Um, he was someone who uh, lived a good life and um, certainly worked very hard at his skills mm -hmm. to become the, 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 the boxer that he he got up to be, and he certainly led by example in terms of the, the moral stance that he took uh, to make the world a, a better place. Uh, so Garfield Sobers, well, you couldn't meet a, a nicer person. <laughs> um, I've known him for years, and uh, you know, just going back to that 6-6, six to six, yeah. himself and David Holford, his cousin, um, that magnificent understand when the West Indies were 95 for five, mm. all look lost. And Sobers, 163, Hartford, 103, and the West Indies were able to declare at 396-9 for five. England was set 284 in 240 <laughs> minutes, 197 for four when it drew. And one of the things about that day is the bowling of Wells Hall and Charlie Griffith. Hall, 40 overs, 9 maidens, 4 for 93, and Griffith, 30 overs, 7 maidens, 3 for 59. Gibbs only had 17 overs, Sobers had 4 overs, and they bowled non-stop. Hall from the pavilion end, uh, and uh, it was Griffith from the nursery end, and it ended with Cowdery with a plastic cast on his left forearm, and David Allen seeing out the last ball. Yeah, yeah, memories of... Uh... <laughs> Two legendary tests at Laws between West Indies and England, uh, 63 with Calvary and 66 with uh, that partnership of, of Sobers. You know, great memories. Well, before before we close, Reds, um, uh, uh, one thing I've completely forgotten to mention in our in our running order when we were talking about uh, appointments and things, because uh, it hasn't made the papers yet. But I know you've broken the story that uh, uh, Joel Garner is going to be part of the new setup with the West Indies cricket team. Yes, I was waiting for you to break the story. Um, <laughs> yes, um, my understanding is that Joel Garner is the new manager, um, former great West Indies fast bowler, BCA president, as, as we talked, mm. and the former manager himself. Yes, he takes over from the former you, West yeah. Indies leg spinner, Lewis, yeah. and, uh, um, who took over from Richie Richardson, who has gone off um, to ICC duty. So, Raw Lewis had uh, the 2020 and now the Tri-Nation, and I think Joel Garner would be suiting up s soon 
um, to manage the West Indies in the India West Indies four test series. So mm. co congratulations to him mm. and here's he, he, wishing him the very best of luck. And one presumes that that will then uh, uh, tr trigger um, changes within the Barbados Cricket Association as well. Yes, we, we wait and see to see if um, there would be um, any any change at, at, at the BCA head. I, I, I do not know what the Constitution says. Hmm. Uh, he'll be spending a lot of time away, so he himself might decide. Well, look, I can't, you know, I can't um, honour, um, you know, two masters, yeah. and maybe he might simply decide to focus on West Indies. Is management because it's a non-stop job these days. I mean, you know, I'm always amazed that in 1964, after beating England in August of 63, the West Indies played no Test cricket in 1964, not one ball. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be happening at all to no. Joel Garner and this present-day West in these no, no, absolutely. Interesting times ahead, and we will uh, uh, monitor uh, the news as it uh, as it comes and uh, discuss it in this program. Uh, thanks again, Red. It's great to be uh, to to be back back in harness with you. Yes, and I hope you've enjoyed your holiday. I'm told you put on about seven pounds. You have to run around Karachi to lose it, uh, <laughs> and uh, you left me alone to keep working very very hard. <laughs> I'm afraid to say I put on a lot more than seven pounds. I would, I would just... <laughs> Near a two-stone. <laughs> and, and, and also, uh, uh, in Karachi, one, one doesn't stand still for too long either. And uh, yes, yes, uh, I wish it were not quite so volatile there. Thankfully, I'm a lot safer here in Islamabad. As I say, thanks for joining me as ever, Reds. I know you always like to uh, thank our listeners as well. Yes, and nice to be back. Uh, and please let us have your emails. We will read it out to you because on this program, David and I try to be as balanced and as honest and as fair. And if there's any criticism, um, any other thoughts um, from um, anyone of our listeners, please let's have your thoughts. And I'm sure, David, that you can just remind them of how they can uh, find us. Absolutely, yes. Uh, you can uh, contact us. Uh, at willow in the windies at outlook.com that's uh, that's our email address where you can uh, send us your thoughts and interact uh, uh, with a pair of us uh, and of course you can listen to this podcast on soundcloud and we are now available uh, on itunes uh, for subscription um we'll be talking to you again about the same time next week uh, and that's about it for this week uh, this has been the willow in the windies the caribbean cricket podcast with reds pereira and me david Orm. Goodbye.